0: Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. their last game against Spurs in mid-October. Liverpool have not lost. They have won six of their last eight while drawing against Sevilla and Chelsea. And it looks as if they've turned a corner in their recent run of form, has pushed them up into fourth in the league, just three points behind Chelsea and one point ahead of Arsenal. So here to talk about all the positive vibes that have been going around the club right now, including the wins against Stoke and Brighton, are the boys. we got Jeff Hallett and we also have Aaron Tucker. Jeff, how's it going, man?
1: Going great. We're in the middle of a decent run of form versus mid to lower table sides in the Premier League. I'm on another planet. Giddy. Uh, yeah,
0: right. Wins a win's a win. I'm all good with that. Aaron, how's it going, man?
1: Pretty good, guys.
2: Um, I'm very impressed with the way things have been going, and I hope we can continue it against Spartak and the game in the weekend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and and just get right into it uh, you know we don't have to talk too much about Stoke just seeing as how that was a p- pretty professional when I thought uh, they had plenty of chances uh, a bit ridiculous how they didn't score more uh, dF had a, a had a amazing chance late in the game basically just seemed like a pretty professional performance like I said and get the three points and get out there on a cold night in stoke so uh, we'll go ahead and move on to Brighton real quick, and it, it was it was just a complete thrashing, Jeff. I mean, pretty pretty damn good win right there, and it seemed like it was nice to have Coutinho back on the score sheet and and having a good game, uh, and especially just Bobby Firmino seems like to be one of the most underrated players still in the Premier League, and he gets on the score sheet, which a lot of Liverpool fans have been complaining about is that he doesn't score enough, but um, you know he's our number nine and he's been doing a hell of a job.
1: Yeah, that front attack, when it's working well, is something to behold. And it's what the rest of the Premier League is jealous of, I think, when it's working at its best. And it's certainly working at its best right now. The November form of Salah, the perennial quality that is Phil Coutinho. And it's sort of his goodbye season. is <laughs> all of us. It seems like every game we're just kind of wishing. Don't speak time. too soon about that. You know, I I can speak too soon. I I guess I'm preparing myself for he's gone. And maybe he will be surprised, but lots are I won't be. Yeah, I mean, if we get into Champions League again
2: and if we do well in the league and maybe pick up a couple of lower trophies, I think he'll stay.
1: Yeah, well, let's sit on that if we could. I, I'll put it under my pillow tonight, like Tooth Fairy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Frontline—that's yeah, a point of contention across uh, across the fan base. Yep. So, um, anyway, for the frontline attack, it's menacing and it's uh, something to be reckoned with in the Premier League. This is how Liverpool function best the back, this is where we saw all the changes, Joey. And yeah, I'm sure what
0: we... was going on with that back three. It was crazy.
2: Right. Was I thought three? for sure we were going to lose.
0: <laughs> right. With that, with what, Wijnaldum, with what, and Lohan Vinal- back there. Yeah. 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 It was, it was a bit ridiculous to see that. <laughs> I mean, it was, it,
2: it was, a I lot. was, I was bracing for the worst before the game even started.
0: Yeah. It feels like that was how a lot of Liverpool fans felt. Uh, I know, Jeff, we've been talking about this for a while. I feel like I, I it hasn't been mentioned too much recently, but ever since Rodgers put Emre at the back, I've always felt that he was, seems like almost a center back at, at heart maybe, or, or maybe he's in, in his head a midfielder at heart, but I feel like he keeps things a little bit more under control as a center back, and I love seeing him back there, and already what Jeff has, one more headed goal than Mata does this season already after playing one game back there, so... Uh, is our highest scoring defender already having played one game back there um, which is just hilarious so uh, I thought I thought he had a pretty solid game back there what did you make of the back
1: three back three was an experiment I thought when Alden started off shaky gave up a couple balls sort of easy uh, right to right to Brighton unfortunately but he solidified I mean he's an excellent player that should be good any part of the pitch but when you change up the formation and put a guy in a spot he's not used to being i mean yes he's got some history there but anyway he was probably the weakest of those 3 i thought Jean did a phenomenal job first of all showing Matip sitting you know with torn vagina sitting on the bench somewhere back at a hospital hotel bed how to score off of a set piece
0: it does seem what like he's f- injured often doesn't it it seems like Matip is ha- has been injured a good amount of games uh, since he's been at the club, which obviously is not a good sign.
1: Indeed, and my biggest gripe has been the supposed set-piece specialist from Schalke came in, and how many goals does he have from a set-piece that involved his head? Zero.
0: Zero with his head. I know he got lucky with that one that photos well, his foot. It was still uh, on his finish, but I mean, yeah, it's it's weird. Like he was, he was scoring at least three a season with them and just came here, and it's been really nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean it's become the joke of talk on podcast is Matip and you know the perennial header coming because it never comes. But anyway, Jean, great job. Uh, you know we finally see a goal from a center back from a guy that's not used to playing center back. Kind of funny. And then there's Henderson in the only position I think he can occupy on the side, which is you know holding deep, holding midfield. And I, I think Klopp has put put him there on purpose because he doesn't have speed doesn't have wheels anymore you know and this is kind of a problem in his distribution i think and maybe we'll get into this more but like has a hard time getting long balls accurate to you know the f- front three that's a big problem but his medium range pa- medium range passing is you know sufficient and i thought he was okay but you know he'll always be the, the sore spot for me as we run the season until we hopefully sell him in the summer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and Aaron, you know we we haven't had you on the pod in a while. So what do you make of this back five that's Liverpool has been thrown out? Not necessarily just in the uh, the game against Brighton, because that was definitely makeshift. Uh, Why had no idea. I think even just the day before that he was going to be playing in the in the back line just because of injuries. Um, but w- what do you make? You know, with with Gomez out, what do you make of kind of the back five that we've been. I, I guess you could say consistently playing. Maybe you can include Claubon in, um, in, in there as well. But, you know, Joe Gomez and, and Trent at right back and then uh, the center backs we have. And then also, Albi Moreno has been one of our most consistent players. What have you felt about this defense
2: so far this year? Um, the defense kind of... I mean, there there have been times before the Spurs game... Where the defense looked like, oh, oh, great, it's going to be the same thing that we've had for the past three years. But ever since the Stoke or the the Spurs game, it something just seems different. And I still want a center back, and or at least two. We've talked about, right. you know, signing two center backs in January, which probably won't happen. Um, but Everything. I mean, they just seem like they know how to defend now magically. And they needed two bad losses to, to remember how to do their jobs. And like I said earlier, Wijnaldum and Chan playing in a back three against Brighton, who has been tough to beat at home. And they keep a clean, or well, they keep a clean sheet, barring a soft penalty. But like, it's it's been weird, honestly. I don't know what to think of it. Although Ragnar Klavan has been our key, I think, which is weird to say.
0: Yeah, the the Estonian <laughs> And weird to think, honestly. Is, has <laughs> been, uh, he, he hasn't been terrible the season it hasn't been great but at least he's
2: yeah I mean, I mean he's you just can't really
0: there. expect much from a what four million pound center back from Augsburg I mean he is kind of yeah what that's he is, like know?
2: 32 years old or something like that yeah so I mean you can't really expect
0: too much of him um but you know let's go ahead and just move on to the midfield uh Hendo Jeff has been kind of a point of contention for a lot of people this season um Hasn't put in a lot of great performances. The, the midfield is definitely something that needs to be worked on. And obviously we know we're getting Keita come this summer. So he will be filling one of those roles for sure. And hopefully Genia move back up and maybe slot him with him. Whether it's in a two or a three somewhere. But uh, Hendo just he, he hasn't been having the greatest season so far. And it's been pretty evident. Still, I mean, you, you wonder if, he, if he's if he got an injury that nobody's talking about or if he's just really just not fitting in so far this season. What do you make of it?
1: Well, we're not into the second half of the season yet. So if he has an injury, that doesn't usually materialize until after the holidays. And then he's out for the rest of the year. So, yeah, I mean, i have well-documented Hendo hater at this point. I just don't think he should be running around with the armband and – You know, his skills on the pitch, he he just doesn't have his legs anymore. I think his speed has has come a tick or two down. And I think the distribution, like I mentioned earlier, is just leaves a lot to be desired on the pitch. So I think Klopp is going to make this last as long as he can and then pursue help. I'd love for him to jam in, you know, just like every supporter wants everything to be jammed into January because that's your next option to add more personnel. It's more likely to happen at the summer where Clock has a little bit more time to find the right fit, knowing him and how he prefers his player versus alternatives that sure. kinda of burned in the summer. But yeah, Henderson is we're watching the slow waning off of his career, unfortunately. I wish it was different. But I was I had to think of like the last time I remember Henderson being good. And I think it's his worldie at Stanford Bridge last year. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a goal in there somewhere that was more interesting, like when he was more involved in the attack. But I feel like he's been in that holding, deep holding role ever since and hasn't been visible.
0: Yeah, I think we've all agreed that it's just the sixth role is just not his best position. It, it's just not. He's best in a three, usually on the right side, just causing havoc with his pressing, with his tracking back, uh, You know, his box-to-box play arriving late in the box as well, which is what we've needed a lot of. So you kind of take him away from essentially his best role and and sort of force him to do something else. And it kind of, it shows, you know, it seems like he's been forcing passes, forcing things. And that's when he continues to go sideways and backwards is when he doesn't want to take too big of a risk. And in that sixth role, you need somebody who not only has the ability, but is also willing to take the risk. And it's, you know... I definitely don't hate Hendo. I've liked Hendo a lot. I may not agree with a lot of people that he should be our captain, but I mean, Liverpool don't have a captain in general really in the squad right now anyway, so I can't complain too much about that. I just... I think that it's frustrating to see... Ray not play there, but when there's all this talk about him leaving for Juve, maybe Klopp has known this for a little while, so he doesn't want to instill him into that sixth role and let him grow in that role because he knows he might be gone or there's a good chance of him leaving. So whatever happens either in January or in the summer, we just we've said it for years, we need a solid central defensive midfielder who maybe has more of the skill set of the modern day, you know, football where it's a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, passing range, a a little bit more of progressive style versus just being, you know, a solid tackler who can defend the back four, even though it seems like that's kind of the main thing that we've missed the most since, you know, Masterano. So, um, you know, it's definitely a position we need to address. We don't think Kate is going to, Fill in that slot unless Klopp goes kind of back to a four-two-three-one, which is occasionally you know been the the formation that he wants to run. Maybe with Keta and somebody else like Genie in a pivot. But either way, uh, you know even Milner's back in the midfield right now, and that kind of tells you all you need to know. So it's sort of I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's a subject I don't want to focus too much on. It just gives me a headache, and I know it's not all sorted right now there's a lot of changes going in and out you know so it's 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 not something where you know this week we'll talk about one thing and then the next week it'll be something completely different um so let's just go ahead and move on to the attack right now and Aaron Liverpool's attack has has just been one of the best out of any club in all of Europe so far
2: yeah man um Mohamed Salah didn't score against Brighton, so I think we should sell him right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's he's worthless.
0: <laughs> just just an
2: assist. I mean, not good enough. Just not good enough. <laughs> not good enough. He doesn't finish. Um, eight eight goals in six games last month now in November. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, um, but they're all they're all
0: braces. I mean, no hat tricks. What, what's up? Yeah, no hat tricks.
2: I, mean, you you I mean, and he's not. Um, you know, he's not he's not doing any crazy celebrations, so... Um, he's not
0: bringing enough flair you know, to the team, so let's just... Let's yeah, no, yeah. he
2: doesn't... Yeah, the flair isn't there. No, seriously, Salah, as soon as we signed him, he was my favorite player on the team, especially because Coutinho, this stuff was going on. He was going to leave for Barcelona, and then he threw a fit. And then he, like, he couldn't finish towards the beginning, he needed to warm up a little bit, but then he warmed up and it's just like the, the juices are flowing. And and if he wants to put the ball in the back of the net, he's going to do it no matter what. And I love that. Um, a lot of the guys like Firmino, I, he's very underrated and he does a lot of work that people don't see. And then... Mane, we haven't even, we didn't see him play the last two games, I think. It's been great. Um, I'm excited to see Mane play at the weekend, or uh, against Spartak on Wednesday. And um, I think it's good that he's being rotated, even though that's not something that he may want. But we all know that he's injury prone. And we're going to need him desperately come January and hopefully into the knockout stages.
0: Jeff, it's great to be able to have two of the best four African players probably that there are. Uh, you could throw Aubameyang and then we're about to get Keita, uh, you know, next summer. So that's going to be three of the top four probably best African players out there. And the thing that's great with the, the two that we've got right now is that, they have a lot of similar attributes and they bat, they you know mesh very well together. Mane, a lot of teams could double team on uh he was basically our only pace in the side that we had and now you bring Salah in and even aside from his goal scoring record, you could just see what he brings to the team especially on the counterattacks that we had on Brighton, you know, the save that Minule had straight into the counterattack. Uh, It it was him who who made the run, ended up actually going into the pressure of the defense, didn't go in the open space, which created that space for Firmino eventually to run into for the finish. Um, I mean, he's just having both those guys has been amazing because one team can't just focus on one of those guys and it really opens a lot up even for Firmino. And look, that front three is just clicking on on all cylinders right now.
1: Yep. And... You pull Coutinho out of it, I think you've got a lot of possibilities. You know, the rumors around Aubameyang and the reunion with Klopp, and he's out of contract, perfect time to bring him over. You put him in the nine, you could probably see Bobby come back in the midfield, right, at being an attacking midfield role, and he would probably thrive there as he thrived in the nine. You know, he can press, he can create, he can draw defenders, and he can obviously one-on-one in open space, You know, avoid a defender, get through. So I think there's a lot of possibilities that frontline attack is only going to get better. And that's a core Klopp tenet. So, of course, it's going to get better. And, you know, for the people, for the players that are there, you know, in terms of like rotation, it's been key. We, We didn't have a lot of it last year. And we have it this year, and good on Klopp and good on management for having the rotation, being able to get the players to be able to rotate, which we had that same flexibility in our back line. And we've talked about that a lot. Right. But having the front line, so exploit it. And the best part, Solanke. Big you, Dom, you guys, baby. Big Dom gets a start, and that was the coolest thing. Got a, got an assist, didn't score. It was a nice little
0: flick to Mane too for the chip. I loved it.
1: You got it, and and he had a, a, an open look all his all his own that he missed. Yeah, if you remember. So yeah, you get Dom rotating in there, pull in Obama Yang. You've got a very scary frontline attack, even scarier than we have, and that gives us the rotation that we need for champions league for domestic cups i mean god help us we might actually win a trophy
0: i mean you just said it with the rotation it's it's big to have someone like him be able to come in at such an early age and, and have a big impact you know he's been doing that with uh you know with the u20 national squad the england squad and um he, he brings something different to, to the team as well uh, his, his attributes he's very skillful with the ball yet he's he's a big guy like he's a true number 9 and uh, he's not the answer, I don't think, right now at least. But it is nice to have him in the squad for sure. And uh, again, every chance he's gotten, he's he's taken it. Uh, in terms of just maybe not every chance in terms of sight on goal, but in terms of when he get a ch- once he gets a chance to play for Liverpool, I, I don't really think he's upset anyone or really let anyone down. You could say. I mean, he's he's done as well as he could, and and that's been good so far. So. I'm really happy to see Dom get some minutes. Let's go ahead and gents and and move on to the seat index ratings. Let me hear what you got for this past week. Aaron,
2: I need a negative and a positive seat index from your brother. Positive seat index, I'm going to say Firmino was killer. Um, His goal, both of his goals were outstanding. His work rate was off the charts. And... um, This this was the performance that he needed to just kind of say like, hey, I can, I definitely can still score goals Um, because I think a lot of people underappreciate how many goals he can score, or how many he has already scored. Um, So yeah, I just I thought he did really awesome and it made me love him again, or or rekindled my love rekindled my love for him and that celebration picture after one of Phil's goals or Phillips, Philips goal where he's like karate chopping in the air and he's away from everybody that's
1: epic
0: yeah I mean you gotta love Bobby as some of the best goal celebrations out there for sure was there a yeah. negative seed something that got you, um, you back, a little upset with how we've, uh, we've played recently
2: Murray for Brighton had he had way too many opportunities, mm-hmm. and we were talking about um, kind of the defense at Brighton, or we were talking about the rotation that Klopp and management has been doing. And I, I'm thinking to myself, if we, if we allowed Murray to score, would we be having that conversation about you know praising? The rotation skills of the manager or of management, and and things like that. So I think I think the defense got really lucky over the weekend, but that's beside the point because the ref is my negative, my negative seat index. Oh, well, that's a so because penalty. because that was terrible. I we watched the replay. We all saw. We all watched the game. We've seen the replays in the penalty box and I cannot for the life of me see where there was a penalty.
0: Yeah, it was, it was definitely soft. I mean, he embellished the, I mean, yeah, you know, Henderson put a little bit of an arm on him. Wasn't much, but good acting job. You get the pen. I mean, if our player, yeah, did that, we would but have been, I mean, you know, it was definitely less, soft, no doubt about it, but you know,
2: yeah, I mean, we, we, we all remember last year where Paul Pogba Manhandled Jordan Henderson in the box last year, and all he got was a yellow card, no penalty, no nothing. Um, so that that was like that was really frustrating. So I guess the the ref for that one point or that one situation is my negative seed index.
0: Yeah, luckily it didn't cost Liverpool the game or, or too much because. Yeah,
2: totally. Yeah, I mean it could have, but it didn't, and. That's all that matters, I guess. Exactly. Luckily, that was the case,
0: so we don't have to spend too much time talking about it, even though it was definitely frustrating. Jeff, what about you, man? Positive and negative seed next What do you got?
1: Well, there's so much positive, it's tough to choose from. Uh, I'm going to... Yeah, it really was, especially this last match. I'll go with the passing on the second goal. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, the tip to, to Moe from Mo to Phil and then Phil back to Bobby for the second goal. It, I mean, it's what everybody watches football for. That That is why they call it the beautiful game. And it was beautiful in every way. And it constituted the second goal in all of 90 seconds, which owes to the brilliance of our attack. So nothing but great things to say about that. And for negative, I honestly didn't have anything negative to say. I mean, you know, you could talk about Genie and struggling a little bit in the back in, in that three-back setup. For the first time, but it's understandable. We still won. Five one in fact. So what I'm gonna pick is Paul Pogba's boots on Kosholny. Yeah,
0: that was bad. That was really bad.
1: It's clear red, fuck him, and, and all the other banks that might listen to this podcast by mistake. Yeah, that's my negative.
0: They're trying to talk themselves into thinking it was just a yellow. It was it was yeah, it was a, it was a bad challenge for sure. Um and everybody saw the red, so uh, I agree with you there. I'm glad that that happened. Um, my positive, I guess you know, just have to be. I'm going to go with Aaron. Just Bobby for me. Know so so underappreciated, undervalued. What a great player this guy is. I mean, he's a number ten. He's not a number nine. He he's been asked to play the number nine role for us, and he's done it brilliantly. I, I mean the guy is just, he's got everything in his locker. He can do whatever you want him to do. High press, hold up, man. His passing, he, he has a good finish on him. Yes, we obviously, as a number nine, you'd like him to score more, but at the same time, I mean, you know, since his Premier League debut in, in August, back in 2015, he's, he's got 26 goals, more than any of the Liverpool players. So, I mean, the the guy is just... I love Bobby Firmino. I hope he never leaves. He's probably my favorite Liverpool player uh, at the moment. Has been for probably a year and a half, two years now. And, you know, it just... I, I don't... I still don't think enough, even Liverpool fans... They're slowly starting to realize exactly what he's been doing for the team. But, I mean, whether it's his... Go to assist ratio, or just his pressing stuff that doesn't really show up on the stat sheet. I mean, he's just very important to this side, and and why we are playing the way we are as of recently. So he is my positive seed index. Dude, my what name. about the celebration? You got to talk about the celebration. always has the he always has the best celebrations. I mean, there's,
1: there's he, no what it was one about it. Am I going to lift the shirt up? Nope,
0: just kidding. It's my it's got to be one of my favorites right now easily because when he gets out of hand and he can't hold it in he just throws the shirt off and then you know sometimes I think he doesn't realize it and then the second he goes up he's like oh yeah no 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 and it's just it's one of the best celebrations that there is for sure right now
1: at Stoke last year that was deserved
0: oh yeah the the volley that was just nasty so um, big big Bobby guy big Bobby from you know guy Um, I'd also throw in a lot mine last week was was Albie and I just still think Albie's been been playing really well so happy that that he's been doing really well as a left back guy. My negative, I wouldn't say it's the play of the back three. I'd just say that the fact that we had to throw that back three out there is just a sign of the depth that we have in defense right now. I don't care what injuries there may be. You know, if Clavon and Matip are injured, that still shouldn't be what we have to throw in there right now. And Genie is just... I mean, a Swiss Army knife. That guy can do anything you need him to do. He can, fuck, you know, fucking, he can play striker. He could play, we've now seen him in the defense. I mean, the guy is just, he does whatever is asked of him. And so, kind of whatever faults he had in that game, I mean, I don't even know if he's ever played in in the defense before. So, you, you can't really blame him for that. But the fact that we had to throw those guys out there, and even though I love Emre as a center back, the fact that we still have to throw fucking Lovren out there, no matter what, is just, it's sad to see. So... Um, I, the hope is is that we make at least one, hopefully two, changes in in the January transfer window, and and we don't have to worry about this for much longer because I'm sick and tired of fucking talking about it. So, um, that would be my negative. Gents. All of it. Yeah, absolutely. That. Uh, I mean, I'd be remiss not to talk about Mohamed Salah. Um, 15 goals in 15 Premier League games. I feel like we could talk ad nauseum about him, but it, it's definitely worth noting. Again, is just. I mean, if we did not have Mohamed Salah this year, Liverpool would not be in the position that they are in, in frankly, any competition. I mean, the guy has just been absolutely wonderful. And, um, you know, signing the season for sure for 35 million, I don't care what the price tag is. I mean, the guy has more goals than Messi and Neymar and Ronaldo this year. And, um, I mean, it's. He's just been been playing lights out and he has a lot of confidence and that's what we need. We need an attacker with a bunch of confidence and I think that's what our front three has been playing with and i um, really, really lucky and happy to have those guys up there. Uh, Salah, Mane, and Firmino and um, we're, we're, we're lucky to have probably the best counter-attacking team I think in, in all the world. I mean, you just saw it on display versus Brighton, how we broke so quickly with the pace that we had the past past you know, accuracy and the precision that we did it with—it was just—it was lovely to see, and so um, glad that it's coming to fruition right now. And Klopp's got his tactics right, so long may it continue. Joey um, really, brings up an
1: interesting point. What is better for Liverpool? Is it like last year, being great against the top sides, being undefeated, or how about being? Aren't we undefeated at this point versus the lower?
0: Yeah, I mean, we always said. You know, just like Brenda says, you know, beat the Dross, win the league. I, I don't think there was ever a chance, and we had discussed this before, Jeff, you know this, is that we weren't going to have the same record against the top six this year. I mean, what we did last year was just absolutely phenomenal. And it's hard to repeat that. It just is against top sides, whether you're the team in form or whatever. I mean, every one of those top sides has a player who can make the difference in a game. So you know, like the the Chelsea result was disappointing and it was a pretty jank goal. And, you know, obviously we thought we should have won that game and we would have if that didn't happen late in the game. But you say, all right, a draw against Chelsea, I guess we'll take that, you know, and you just can't have that against the, the so-called lesser sides and the, and the smaller clubs. So I, I would much rather have what we're doing this year. And if you can be consistent against the top six sides and and really dominate the lower sides. That's how you at least make the top four and hopefully eventually make a title push. I mean, obviously city is just what they got 13 on the bounce, just playing unreal football. Sterling's come to life. That team is just flying right now. And Pep has done wonders. But in terms of being realistic, a top four goal this year, we need to continue to be consistent against those lower sides and Sort of take the results as they may come against the top six sides. I mean, the the results against Tottenham, it was an embarrassment. We weren't on our day. It just it was it was just a brutal game. But you can take those against the top sides. It's it's tougher to take those against you know someone like for instance a Brighton. So, um, you know, I've been I've been happy with the way we played. We've we haven't lost in the last eight games. You know, we've won six out of the last eight and. It, Hopefully this continues into the January transfer window. Maybe get a signing or two, pick up some more momentum, and continue it on throughout the rest of the year. Uh, and, and a couple of those games that are coming up next, we got a very big game against Spartak, and then we got the the derby against Everton. So, um, Aaron, anything to say about those two games coming up?
2: I think we will win on Wednesday yeah, I'd like to against Spartak. Um, 'Cause I mean our form is just it's out of control right now. It's so good. And then Everton they have Sam Allardyce. I mean I know, right? things just look the so,
0: balance with him too, which is really Yeah, great.
2: yeah. Um, things are just good sunny and Liverpool world. Um, but that's always when things go awry, I guess. So I just I just want us to play good football and win and if we have to grind out one of those games to win we shouldn't have to but if that's what we have to do then go for it but I swear to god if we put Vinaldum in as a center back against either of those teams you don't lose to Everton especially right now and we cannot lose to Spartak so I don't think Klopp will do anything like that, but we can't do like foolish, cute little, little uh, formation tweaks or, or substitutes or rotation in the team this week. It's I'll be upset.
0: Yeah, play your strongest team and Jeff that's kind of the case at least with Spartak right now is it'd be you know it's they'd have to get a crazy result in in order for us to not advance but at the same time you just want to go ahead and and just be professional get the win finish top of the group uh and and just go and get it done and and as far as Everton goes I mean it is funny that Aaron mentioned when things are going right everything's go it seems things seem to go awry and uh, you know, obviously Ever- Everton haven't beaten Liverpool in-, in a while now, and it just seems like when they're absolute shit, that would be kind of the time where they would do it. So um, not necessarily catching them with the best time, getting two on the bounce with, with Allardyce here, but at- you know, at the same time we are at Anfield, and it is Everton, and we do have a great record against them, and we're flying right now. So anything to mention about these next two games?
1: Uh, only reiterating what's been said, uh, Spartak goes without saying we've, ourselves because of our idiocy as i would view it at sevilla giving up a 3-0 advantage at half and ending up with a draw leaving sevilla in the draw i think that's put us in a must-win situation we've been talking about it for a number of weeks that Klopp, in these must-win situations at home especially when stakes are high he has a tendency to get the team up so i'm hoping that that remains that That carries us through for that game because we need it. No question about it. And then on to Everton, the blue nose shite that they are uh, coming to Anfield. And for all the injuries that Liverpool seem to come away with, I would hope that Klopp is thinking of some way of getting them back, of having some player stamp. I mean, let's put Henderson in there for some revenge. I would love to see, just like baseball, you know, like they –
2: they hit your guy, yeah. and
1: and it's gruesome. We, we come back and hit yours when you're least expecting. I'd love to see some of that in the series because it seems like it's been going the other way for the last uh, two, three years. So, yeah, I think, I think Liverpool for sure handle business. And it could be just our attack unloads and unlocks whatever – you know they put eight, nine by, behind the ball. We'll unlo- unlock it. It won't be that big of a deal, and we'll just smoke them 4-0. That that was a popular Joey pick a couple weeks ago. I'm going to go with it. So 4-0 for Everton. And while I'm at it, 4-0 for Spartak.
0: Hell yeah. Aaron, what do you got? Score predictions for these next two.
2: I don't know. I really hate score predictions because you just never know. I would have never pegged us to put five past Brighton. Well, four with an own goal past Brighton. I'm going to say 2-1 against Spartak, and then another 5-1, maybe 5-2 against Everton. Just because they have a new manager, and, you know, teams seem to do better when they get new managers.
0: Yeah, they do get a little bit of a spark, um, definitely when when a new manager comes in, maybe
2: whatever it was with the old one, they weren't performing well, but...
0: Either way, maybe gents, they
2: already got that with uh, yeah. with that win over the weekend.
0: Yeah, Big Sam. Who the fuck knows? Big Sam, it's the biggest club he's he's ever had, even though they aren't a big club, it's the biggest club that he's had so far, so we'll see what he can do with them because he's got a decent amount of talent actually on that roster, so we'll see what he can pull out. But uh, gents, great to talk to you, Aaron on. Jeffrey as always, and uh, gents, until next time, talk on.
2: Talk on, talk on, talk on. Talk on, talk on, talk on. Talk on, talk on.
0: Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist podcast please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com